just want to read again some of the lyrics that we sang in the second to the last song. Were the whole realm of nature mine, that were an offering far too small. Love so amazing, so divine, demands my soul, my life, my all. And so Lent, brothers and sisters, is a time where we get to reflect on that amazing divine love and where we get to reflect afresh on our having been ransomed by that love and also our consecrating of ourselves, our giving or our surrendering of ourselves and our lives to Jesus Christ. So this is how I envision uh, the next few minutes going. I'd like to read some prepared notes that I've made about Lent. What is Lent? What are we doing? What are we celebrating? And then shift into a time of hearing and reflecting on God's word. So um, I'll read. I'll introduce some readings of scripture. I'll read them and I'll create space between the readings for us to listen to the Lord speaking to us through the word and to journal anything that we've, we're hearing from the Lord anything he's impressing on our hearts. I don't, I don't know if there's anyone that doesn't have anything to write on, but we did have some pieces of paper, do we not? Or were they handed out already? Okay. Lent is a season of self-examination, of fasting, and of returning to God with all our hearts. And it is a season in which, as we do these things, as we allow actually the Holy Spirit to examine our lives, and as we fast and return to God with all our hearts, it's a season in which we're actually participating in the mystery of Christ's death and resurrection. So we are dying afresh to our old natures and rising to new life in Jesus. I want to say a little bit about each of those three. So self-examination. In the same way that Jesus fasted in the desert for 40 days, and that that was a period of committing himself wholly to the will and the word of God, we choose to spend 40 days leading up to Easter reflecting on our continual willingness to be molded by the Holy Spirit, into the image of Jesus Christ. It's actually 46 days between Lent and Easter, but um, the way Lent goes is you celebrate it for six days, and then each Sunday is kind of like a day off, like a little pre-Easter Easter, because we're people of the resurrection, and the resurrection's coming. So 40 days are the Monday to Saturday of the seven weeks or so before Easter. In that um, reflecting on our willingness to be molded by the Holy Spirit into the image of Christ, we're entering into the Jesus pattern of dying and rising. So we are dying afresh to pride. And in so doing, we're dying daily or afresh to self-led lives. Pride isn't necessarily boasting 
pride is anything that um, originates out of self-will. Humility is to will what God wills. So we're rising to humility and to spirit-led lives. We're dying to any ways in which we're still being led by our old sinful nature. And we are rising to increased union or experience of unity with our indwelling, living, loving Lord. And so it's a season of asking God to search us, asking God to reveal what he already sees and knows, and it's a season of spirit-led self-examination. And so that's why we fast. We fast during this season um, to humble ourselves before God. We don't fast just to give something up. That's not the point of Lent. Um, We fast to become aware of what our lesser hungers are and of how they prevent us from really truly hungering for God. And so you might picture it this way. Fasting is about clearing away or getting rid of obstacles to deeper fellowship with God. So we want to fast or we want to take a break from anything that's getting in the way of hunger for and relationship with God. So sometimes fasting gets pitched as a way of entering into Jesus' sufferings. It's not that, first and foremost. Um, it's, it's a removal, first of all, removal of something that's an obstacle to fellowship with the Lord. But then secondly, um, well, let, let me hold off on the sec- for a sec- second. Um, first, it might be helpful for us to ask, what am I attached to or attaching to that's distracting me from God? So this could be media of any sorts, from like Facebook to the daily news. Could be that I'm attached to my driving need for success. I could be attached to an inability to slow down. I can be attached to pain avoidance. I can be attached to um, even human friendships that I'm asking to fill a place in me that only God should fill. It could be I'm attached to food and drink. It could be I'm attached to exercise. It could be I'm attached to pleasure. It could be any number of good things, created good things, but that I am trying to draw life from, and there are actually obstacles to fellowship and walking with God. So it could even be sleep. And so what we're asking God to do is highlight the ways in which we're filling our hearts or our lives with lesser things. And then we're agreeing to give up those lesser things as a way of creating hunger. And it's two types of hunger. We we create the hunger for the lesser thing that we've given up. By giving it up, there's a hunger. But in feeling that hunger, that actually then, uh, we don't respond to that hunger by just sort of pushing it down and going, oh, I'm going to push through this and suffer on. I gave up this thing for Lent. We let that hunger speak to us. We embrace it, as it were. Don't push it down, but we embrace it. We sit with it and we say, no, this is a sign of my true deep hunger, 
my true deep need that's for God. And we let it turn us and direct us, Lord, I'm really hungry for you. And in fact, I need to be or want to be more hungry for you. And we turn it into prayer. So we're not simply denying ourselves and pushing on with a sacrifice. That would be to miss the point. The point is to allow our craving to point us to God, the true satisfaction of all our cravings and desires. And so that helps us then to turn and return to him with all of our hearts. And so this third thing that we're doing, self-examination, fasting, and returning to God with all our hearts. And a part of me resents having um, to have this as a special focus of Lent, returning to God with all our hearts. I say to myself, shouldn't I be doing this all the time? Shouldn't we be doing this all the time? And I say, yeah, we should. But the simple fact of the matter is that we're finite, sinful human beings who, as the Apostle Paul says in Romans 7, do the things we don't want to do. And like straying sheep, we wander from God easily. We allow other things, lesser things, temporal things, to take the place of God in our hearts and in our lives. And the gospel calls us to a lifestyle or a pattern of repentance, turning around, turning back to God, not as a way of earning God's love or favor, but as a response to God's love and favor because he's given Jesus, because he loves us so, because he's so good and so worthy, we ought always to be turning and returning to him with our whole hearts. And so the Heidelberg Catechism question and answer one, which we love so dearly, says, what's your only comfort in life and in death? And the we answer, I'm not my own, but I belong body and soul in life and in death to my faithful Savior, Jesus Christ. Now, this profession that we're not our own but belong body and soul to a faithful Savior brings us deep, deep comfort. But it also demands a yieldedness. I'm not my own. I am not my own. I belong body and soul. My body and my soul belong to Jesus Christ. My life is his. All I have is Christ. My life is his. And he is my life. And so Lent is a season of being reminded of this truth and of asking the Lord's help in yielding and surrendering our whole lives to him afresh. And so I invite you to join me now in a time of hearing and reflecting upon the word of God. And again, I imagine it going like this. I'll read a passage of scripture, ask a question or two of the Lord, and then leave silence for us to sit before the Lord and to journal any responses that we hear from him. And I'd like to pray before we enter this time. Jesus, we remember that the word of God says that we can't even conceive of the depth of your love for us. It's so deep. It's so wide. It's unfailing and unending. And so, God, I pray that as we listen to your word and as we consider the ways that you're calling us to surrender our hearts and our lives afresh and the parts of them to you, that it will come as a response to your love. 
I pray that it will be love calling for love. And I pray now, Holy Spirit, help us to hear your voice and your voice alone. Would you calm our minds and our hearts and give us discernment? Speak now, Lord, for your servants are listening. Philippians 3, 10-12 I want to know Christ. Yes, to know the power of His resurrection and participation in His sufferings, becoming like Him in His death, and so somehow to attain to the resurrection of the dead. Not that I have already obtained all this, or have already arrived at my goal, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Lord, your word tells me that you took hold of me so that I could have life and have it to the full. Would you please show me now whether I am like Paul pressing on to take hold of that for which you took hold of me. Can I say, like Paul, I want to know Christ. Colossians 3, 1-3 Since then, you have been raised with Christ. Set your hearts on things above, where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. For you died... And your life is now hidden with Christ in God. Lord, would you please show me what things, perhaps even good things, are distracting me from fully setting my affections and my thoughts upon you and your kingdom.
Lord, your word says, never be lacking in spiritual fervor, but keep up your zeal, serving the Lord always. Where have I slipped into spiritual mediocrity? Where does my passion need to be renewed? Psalm 139, search me, God, and know my anxious thoughts. See if there's any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. Is there anything, Lord, that hinders my walk with you? Anything in my life that's an obstacle to fellowship with you. Joel 2. Even now, declares the Lord, return to me with all your heart, with fasting and weeping and mourning. Rend your heart and not your garments. Return to the Lord your God, for he is gracious and compassionate, slow to anger and abounding in love, and he relents from sending calamity. Lord, thank you for your love poured out of the cross, which beckons me to respond with my whole heart. Your word says, delight yourself in the Lord, and he will grant you the desires of your heart. Help me to truly delight in you with all my heart. And so, Lord, show me what returning to you with my whole heart looks like for me right now.
When you fast, do not look somber as the hypocrites do, for they disfigure their faces to show others they are fasting. Truly, I tell you, they've received their reward in full. But when you fast, put oil on your head and wash your face so that it will not be obvious to others that you're fasting, but only to your Father who's unseen. And your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. Father, you say when, not if, you fast. You assume that I'll be willing to give up food and other things as a way of humbling myself before you. Give me now by your Spirit an increased hunger and willingness for spiritual things. Help me to commit to fasting as a spiritual discipline. And show me now, Father, what are you calling me to fast from that's acting as an obstacle to the greater hunger for and fellowship with you. Make me hungry for you as I give up lesser hunger. And finally, from Ephesians and Philippians. I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you a spirit of wisdom and revelation that you may know him better. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of of his glorious inheritance in his holy people and his incomparably great power for us who believe. That power is the same as the mighty strength he exerted when he raised Jesus from the dead. Philippians 1. Being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion. We thank you, Lord, that it's your greatest desire that I know you better. And not only that, but that the same power that raised Jesus from the dead is at work within me. And that it's you who began a good work in me. And it's you who will carry it on to your completion. Only let me believe and cooperate well with the work of your Holy Spirit. Lord, let me be wholly, truly surrendered to your will for my life. I belong to you, Jesus, body and soul, in life and in death.
So, Father, we thank you for this time of reflection and of speaking to us. And we pray that you will continue to speak to us in the days and the weeks ahead. And that you put us on a path that is pleasing to you. That you would transform our hearts. That you give us an eagerness to surrender our lives to you. We love you, Jesus. We pray that you continue to draw us into deeper and deeper intimacy. It's in your holy and precious name we pray. Amen.